Welcome to Executive Insight Videos and Business Commentary. I'm Dan Daly, the publisher. Uh, today, we'd like to continue some discussions we've had both in the director's letter and previous videos about what is going on in the Middle East uh, and also in that Ukraine and how that impacts on your business. So in the last week or two, since we've written about it in the director's letter, things have changed drastically and I think will continue to going forward in the next several weeks or several months. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. And let's, let's, let's start with the uh, economic impact on your business and what you as a member of the board, a CEO or senior executive, should be concerned about relative to the operations of your company. So let, let's start off with an assumption that it is not business as usual. It is not business like it was six months ago or a year ago or two years. It's going to be very different today, tomorrow, and in our opinion, going forward over the next year or two. So uh, if we look at the situation uh, in the Ukraine, and we'll come back to that, you probably have adjusted to the supply, demand, client uh, situation there. Uh, so that's an ongoing situation. Hasn't gotten better, hasn't gotten worse. Uh, we're not sure where it's going to go. Now, the Israeli situation is entirely new and it is rapidly evolving. So I think from your company standpoint, you have to ask, all right, in what uh, concept is Israel a client of yours in terms of buying either your finished product or your components? Flip that around and look at your company and say, in any aspect, what is Israel supplying to you in terms of raw material, partially competed products, uh, manufacturing relationships, et cetera, how might that in, uh, impact your company? And, and don't just look at it from your company standpoint. Look at some of your major suppliers and say, how dependent will they be on material or pots coming from Israel? Because guess what? As you know, but think about it, that will impact you in the not too distant future. So uh, looking at uh, Israel from a client standpoint, looking at it from a supplier standpoint, and also with Israel, uh, there's a great deal of uh, firms, especially in the technology and the biofarm area that are partners with U.S. companies. They're partners, all right? So that's a consideration. Uh, another consideration is, uh, are they an investor in your company or are they a potential acquirer of your company? And what is the status of that relationship today? Where did you expect it to go financially? Because frankly, for the next X number of months, any type of doing a deal with Israel is probably going to be pretty much on the back burner. So what were you counting on in terms of perhaps a new contract? Uh, what were you counting on perhaps in terms of a partnership? Uh, what were you counting on in terms of perhaps uh, getting money uh, from a bank or from a private equity firm or a venture capital firm uh, in Israel? That's a big question mark and you have to address it very positively but also very realistically. Oh, it'll all be solved. They'll be right back. They'll want to do business with us. Don't count on it. Don't count on it. So those are some things to consider there. Another thing, uh, I'm somewhat taken aback by the global response uh, to the situation in Israel, which has been heightened by this additional tragedy of the 500 people being killed in the hospital. So there are uh, protests being made uh, across the country a lot of them here in Boston, by Palestinians 
And corresponding to that, there are uh, Israelis on the other side of the discussion. So where is this all going? How many cities is it going to take place in? There have been several in Boston. Uh, I presume some in New York. I don't know about the rest of the country. But you should find out and keep track of that for several reasons. Will it disrupt your business? How will it impact your clients, perhaps even your vendors? But most important, how will it impact your workforce? Will they be involved? But just as important, perhaps more important, is there any threat to the safety, to the physical safety of your employees as a result of this activity here, perhaps in other countries uh, in, in Europe or in the Middle East? So the safety of your workforce moves to the forefront because of the amount of activity and tragedy of this crisis that is going on uh, and likely to evolve more in the Middle East between uh, Hamas uh, and Israelis. Okay, so that's 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 an important consider that's an important consideration, and I think all of us, um, if we go back to high school or maybe even college, let's take out that map and look at it very carefully in terms of who are all of the players and how do they physically connect to to Israel. Uh, we've got we've got Egypt. We've got Saudi Arabia, we've got Jordan, okay? We've got Lebanon, we've got Syria, okay? And a little bit further away, we've got Iran. How does all of that connect? You have to have that type of information on your fingertips. Very, very important. And I'm not insulting anybody and saying you flunked Geography 102. Uh, but you should pull out the map and have that discussion. Now, do these discussions company-wide? No, they shouldn't be company-wide, okay? But they should be in the boardroom with senior executives uh, going over all of these subjects in a confidential manner. They should not be situations or events that surprise the company. Risk management, planning, and thinking ahead. Absolutely critical today and for the next, and for the next year or two. So uh, let's look at, at something else which we don't want to spend a lot of time on, but there is a political component of the things that are going on that you should be uh, aware of. Uh, the devastation and the death and the potential ongoing devastation and death in the Gaza Strip uh, is tragic. Now, will Egypt or Saudi Arabia provide an exit from the south part of the Gaza Strip? So far, asked for, hasn't really come about. So you've got a real problem with the Israelis, right or wrong, being very aggressive in their goal of eliminating Hamas. Not controlling it, not getting their arms around it, eliminating Hamas. And with that, unfortunately, is the potential for tremendous civilian collateral damage. So you should be thinking about what is the world thinking about, about how are some of these civilians going to get out of the Gaza Strip and how? Right now, it looks, Israel said, move them south, and hopefully we'll get them out through Egypt and through Saudi Arabia, but that isn't happening. So how much pressure can we put on Saudi Arabia and Egypt? I don't know. But that does underline the importance of the United States taking a positive and powerful leadership step forward, which I think President Biden flying over to Israel not an unrisky thing. I won't, won't, don't want to be part of the Secret Service with that delegation. But doing that is probably a good thing because it sends a message to those companies that we are very serious about this situation. Uh, moving uh, two aircraft carriers and their accompanying battle groups to the end of the Mediterranean. 
Well, are they going to get involved in the war? Probably not. But let's, let's do the math here. Each aircraft carrier has about 5,000 people in their crew. They have about 75 planes. Times two, that's 150 planes. Very sophisticated planes that can deliver pinpoint very sophisticated weapons. So now, off the Gaza Strip and in that geographic area, we have two aircraft carriers, 10,000 men, 150 men and women, 150 aircraft. Now with them are five support ships times two groups, 10 support ships. I would guess that at least half of those support ships are capable of launching multiple cruise missiles. Cruise missiles, control them as they go, very accurate pinpoint targets. We're not talking about rockets, we're not talking about artillery, we're talking in this case about cruise missiles that will be launched from those 5, 10, 15 ships accompanying those battle groups. Also, the planes are going to be carrying very sophisticated weapons. Uh, there's going to be airborne targeting and navigation. So uh, moving the two battle groups led by aircraft carriers, to me, uh, makes a lot of sense because it sends a message to whom? It sends a message to Lebanon and the Hezbollah uh, and Syria and Iran, okay, that we are here and we are serious about it. So do not get involved in this fight because we are here to prevent you from getting involved in that. The impact on uh, Egypt and Saudi Arabia, I think it is one of leadership and it says we're serious and concerned about the crisis uh, in the Gaza Strip. Okay, but don't any of you add to the confusion. So I think President Biden, whether you like him or not, his flying there I think is a real plus from a leadership standpoint. I think sending those two battle groups, okay, why it might be a little bit confusing, all right, I think is a very good message because it sends a message that we're strong, we're a leader, and we're very serious that this thing does not get out of control and that you, Iran or Lebanon or someone else, should not think about entering this fray. So that's from a political standpoint, and I think, that, I think that is important. Someone said to me, well, why don't they move a carrier group uh, into the Black Sea? Well, let me be very brief on that. Go look at your map and see how difficult it would be from the narrow entrance to the Black Sea from the Mediterranean to bring in something as big as an aircraft carrier. The Navy isn't really big on putting aircraft carriers in any position where they can get locked in. Perfect example is uh, out in San Diego. The aircraft carriers come into San Diego. They don't go under the bridge. They turn around. They tie up at North Island. Why? Their bow is heading out so nobody can blow up the bridge or sink anything under the bridge and lock the aircraft carriers in. So if you look at the entrances to the Black Sea, there are various chokeholds where you really don't want to have a carrier get involved. So not a naval expertise, but I spent some time on a carrier. I spent three years in the Navy, and I think that's probably the short-term answer of why we do not have carriers, U.S. carriers, going into the Black Sea, and along with what political message, positive or negative, might it send to the Russians. So that's just a little, little bit of, a, of, a, of an aside. So. These are all the things that are, that are, that are, going, that are going on, and I think uh, from a leadership standpoint, uh, if we look at home, uh, tragically at home, we've got politics that are incredibly divisive. Uh, I'm very concerned about the divisiveness of the upcoming uh, presidential elections. Uh, certainly, the message of not having a Speaker of the House after a week or two 
is sending a very negative message globally about whether or not America and its leadership has its act together. So don't think that everyone is not looking at the United States and saying, what about this presidential election? How's that going to impact the economy? How's it going to impact that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't think they're not looking at the uh, debacle and the Speaker of the House and saying, well, who's really in charge over there? So these are things that I don't think you want broad-based discussions in your company, but perhaps in a closed boardroom, there should be some discussion in terms of what is the risk and the potential impact of all of these things that we've just been discussing. Uh, the Ukraine, okay, the uh, crisis in, uh, in, in the Gaza Strip, the political situation at home with a presidential election coming up now in 12 or 13 months, and the Speaker of the House thing going on, what will we end up there? So again, don't want to spend a lot of time on politics, but I think privately, okay, your company should be aware of all of these things and how they impact the safety of your workforce, the profitability of your company, and how that's going to impact its day-to-day -day operation. I do not think you allow, and we've said very bad, political discussions throughout the organization. Bad idea. On company property, no political discussions. But that does not mean that the senior executives and members of the board should not be talking about all of these issues, all of these issues, whether they're interest rate, whether it's the Ukraine and ongoing funding, whether it's the Middle East, whether it's Iran, whether it's political, they should all be discussed because they will very possibly have a strong impact on your company and its success and ability to fulfill its obligation to the stakeholders. So uh, not being dramatic, there's just a lot on the plate and responsibility for members of the board and senior executives right now. Do I think America is up to the task? I think absolutely. But we cannot ignore it. We've got to take all of these factors and we can't say, well, that won't impact my business. No, you ask the question, how might that impact my business and in what way and what, if anything, can I do about the impact of that? Avoid risk, think ahead and plan, okay? Thank you very much. Look forward to working with you in the next couple of months and hopefully we'll see some resolution in this crisis in the Middle East because it certainly is an ongoing tragedy for all parties involved. So thank you again.